Hi, this is Gabriel. Hi, this is Daniel, and you're listening to Pop Cult X. Hi, everyone. Welcome to the very first episode of Pop Cult X, where we do talk about all things pop culture. We are excited to share with you our thoughts and look forward to a great show. So let's just go ahead and dive right in. All right, Gabriel, let's let's talk about pop culture. I mean, the show is called Pop Cult X. So in a few words, tell me, what, is, what does pop culture mean to you? Well, when I, I think about pop culture, my, I kind of go back to the beginnings of, of when I started devouring and watching movies and films and reading books and getting into all sorts of different, you know, popular culture. Um, as a kid, you know, I think that it speaks to our generation that we were latchkey kids. So a lot of the times we came home to the television versus, you know, um, a housewife that had, you know, lunch, at least I did. Um, I can't speak for everyone, but I know that that was a common experience for people that uh, grew up when we did, you know, people that are in their forties that are part of generation X that they, uh, you know, had to come home to an empty house because, you know, both their parents worked. Um, and so I started watching TV at a young age and it, it really, um, helped develop my point of view, um, when it comes to, um, the way I look at the world, um, you know, starting even as a small child, Sesame street and the diversity of the cast and seeing, you know, African-American people, uh, you know, Caucasian people, um, Latinos on there and really kind of showing an ideal world of a diverse group of people coming together and sharing the same core beliefs um, and having a sort of bit of harmony and, uh, you know, showing you what what is possible in the world. Right. And seeing what's what's positive. Um, and then from there, I just started, you know, me and my dad used to watch movies pretty much every single weekend. Um, and I got into to that and then I started, you know, in as pretty much all teenagers do, I think I kind of got less social and got more into music. And that was right at the time of, you know, alternative music. So I, you know, I got into Nirvana and uh, all the alternative angsty, you know, emo music of our time. And, um, you know, I just, I started becoming a fan. I started becoming a, a you know, um, devouring all the different types of pop culture that there are in the world. Um, and, you know, in every aspect of, of, you know, comic books, books, music, film, all of that. And what I think why it's it's so important for me and why I think pop culture is so great is that um, we put our differences aside and something sort of gets the cultural zeitgeist at the moment. So whether it be the Avengers or um, whether it be, uh, you know, something just really popular like Avatar, you forget about, you know, your religious beliefs, you forget about, uh, you know, race identity, politics, and you enjoy the movie and you come together with an audience and and you just sit there and enjoy it. And for a moment, you're in that world and you forget about all that other crap, you know, and it's important. I am definitely, you know, into politics and being socially aware, but pop culture has a way of bringing us together that I think that, um, you know, few things do. Um, when you look at religion and politics, I think it has a tendency of of separating people and um, people sticking to their the little personal tribes. But um, pop culture has a way of letting people forget about all that stuff and be entertained and 
you know, just come together. And I, I love that. That's, that's why I'm so drawn to pop culture. I think you hit it right on the nail there. Um, pop culture unites us while politics, religion, to an extent, um, can really divide us. Right. And in it, I, I equated, I was at the gym the other day and it's kind of like that in that gym culture where you see people who from different walks of life, but they're all there for the same purpose, which is to get healthier and get better. And you might not see them out in the street doing anything together, but they're in the gym working out together side by side Mm -hmm. with no issues, no problems. So I see pop culture kind of like that as well. People from different walks of life and are coming together to rally around a certain topic, a movie, a Mm -hmm. music. Um, Yes, they might be already kind of biased towards that already. And that's why they're there in the first place. But it also has this power to draw in people from outside of that bubble, I think. And it brings it brings them in and and really just hopefully, at least for me, it opens my eyes and makes me say, wow. There's so much out there in this world, and I don't want to just sit in my bubble. I want to see it all. Yeah. Well, I I think another thing that's so great about you know popular either you know music or let's take music as an example is that it it can be uh, misinterpreted as something that's very frivolous. It's something that's not artistically um, you know really important, or um, it can be see, seen as something that is just throwaway. That's something that's manufactured for mass consumption. But when you see that people are listening to music that um, introduces, you know, topics, you know, that you know, may not be um, aware of, you know, you see people like, you know, Lady Gaga that is a pop artist, but is introducing equality, um, the idea of equality in her music and really changing people's perspectives about what it means to be accepting and celebrating people of different backgrounds. Uh, you know, you can have someone that has a pop song that's coming out of Korea and you can, um, you know, dance along to it and you can, you know, think, OK, this is just a pop song. It's fun to dance to. But then, you all, you know, subconsciously, you're you're knocking down those cultural barriers that maybe you have that that internalized um, prejudice against Asian people or you have, you know, thoughts about that particular culture that you stereotype them in. And, you know, little by little, by listening to those music, watching those videos, you start to learn like, oh, we have a lot in common. Like those those songs about love or those songs about having fun on the weekend, those people in Korea are rocking out to it just as I am here in San Diego. So maybe we're not that different. We do have a lot more in common, you know, on common ground. And I think that's the powerful thing about pop culture is that it, you know, it, it, you know, like we said, it brings people together, but it does it in such a fun, like innocuous way that you don't really even know that it's happening, which is cool because, you know, a lot of people shy away from politics or they shy away from having hard discussions about, you know, identity culture or identity politics. Whereas, you know, music can make it an easier thing for them to be able to view things in a different way. You mentioned about music bringing people together, not realizing it and their performances and how words really do matter. Mm -hmm. Um, So I was watching the Grammys, actually not the Grammys. I was watching the Grammys performances and I was really drawn and moved by little baby, someone I'd never heard of. Mm -hmm. I guess he's a rapper or a hip hop artist. And 
his um, performance of the bigger picture, which was set outside of the LA Convention Center, it just really spoke to me and how he intermixed his words with an activist delivering a speech. And then also, I think it was Killer Mike. Killer Mike was also doing like a mock press conference for his portion of the video. But it was up, it, he was speaking to a bunch of um, empty mics. So mm-hmm. there was no audience, it was just a bunch of microphones, which I think in itself is kind of a point that um, sometimes words are empty if there's no one there to hear them mm-hmm. or to act on them. So um, one of the things the activist said was, we need accomplices, not just allies. So that's another thing that pop culture really does for me is that it, it makes me want to do more. And I know that's not that's more than just pop culture in that sense, but the the pop culture we watch, yes, it's entertainment, mm-hmm. but it's also it also moves us. And I think that any good form of art will make you feel something and make you want to move forward. So pop culture isn't just mass culture or commercial culture. Mm-hmm. I think it it does um, more than just that. Right, because when you have a uh, let's say in this instance a film that breaks into mainstream, you know, audience popularity. Mm -hmm. So, you know, when we think back in America's history, we had people that didn't know any people of color. They lived in a completely Caucasian white, you know, area, neighborhood, you know, and with without Hollywood introducing people of color, you know, even if though the roles may not have been you know, the best written roles or, um, you know, we, we, they are much more right. left to desire in those roles, but, you know, it, it brought, you know, those people of color into those households. And even though it didn't change race relations, you know, overnight, it did allow people to start to like open the door into, okay, those are what those people are like. And that's what those other people, uh, you know, that are so foreign to me um i can start to learn about them and you know change my opinion hopefully um about what i think about them and and you know you think about important movies like um you know who's coming to dinner with sydney uh potier Mm -hmm. and you know actors that really broke down the door and the barrier for other people of color to you know introduce themselves into mainstream america and to the audiences and you know, really changed the landscape of America where, you know, it introduced the civil rights movement and, and without, you know, the news media covering, you know, the atrocities that were going on, you know, other people would not have been outraged and been called to act on it. Like you say that, you know, seeing something that is so moving and so touching that you're called to action, it's not just a, a passive a bystander where you're watching something on television or listening to a song that talks about, you know, um, racial inequality, you're then actually putting in the action to, to make things change and, and for the better. And I think that that, that's great that that performance was able to have that kind of an effect on you. Um, you know, and I, I'm sure that that's what the art, the artist's intent was is to try to, you know, not preach to you know the choir the congregation who already has the same <laughs> message as them but being able to take the grammys that is watched by so many type of people and all over the world and say like this is what's going on in my community this is what my message is and this is what you can do in order to to help us 
uh, or to be a better ally. Um, because mm-hmm. it, you know, we know that it now in this day and age, it's not enough to be, you know, just not racist. Um, you have to be, you know, anti-racist. You have to be active in your, uh, you know, in your role of disabling racism, you know, all over the world, um, but especially here in America. So you talked about opening doors for different um, races and people in, in Hollywood or mainstream media. What do you consider now with the whole pandemic and the the change in way people are consuming that media? It, where do you consider it to be mainstream anymore? Is it more of the streaming houses? Like, yeah, I definitely think streaming is the you know how people are are consuming the media. Um, so what I, what I did is you know just like every what else I think is go on to YouTube and see those mm-hmm. clips of the performances that you wanted to watch. And you wanted to to see, you know, a, a good example of that is like, you know, Cardi B's performance is been, uh, you know, such such a hot issue right now because of, uh, you know, the way she was dancing, that it was provocative, that it's, you know, the same, you know, same old song that conservative people kind of have is, the, you know, the destruction of family values, and this is going to bring on the the onslaught, uh, the onslaught of you know, women acting in, you know, this overly aggressive sexual nature. But uh, the way, you know, I'm a huge fan of Cardi B. I think that it was a great performance. And, you know, her out her uh, single is streaming, numbers are up. um, And, you know, you see the clips everywhere. And so I think that, uh, you know, she's a smart uh, artist by knowing that by expressing her sexuality in such an over the top way, um, she knew that it was going to get attention. She knew that it was going to result in, you know, her song getting pushed into, you know, that pop culture realm of not just, you know, hip hop, but mainstream America is going to be listening to it and watching it. Um, and, you know, sometimes for good, bad or indifferent, that's what you need. You need that controversy. You need that attention to bring your audience and, you know, maybe you convert half of them or, you know, a third um, but that's still converting people to your audience. And so I think it was great. Um, not so much a fan of, you know, the backlash that she's so, sort of seeing on Twitter and on Fox mm-hmm. News. And, you know, um, I think it's super hip- hypocritical that when you see people that are claiming that it's, uh, you know, shouldn't be seen on television and, you know, oh, my God, it's so horrible. But then you turn on Fox News and you see it being, you know, played. 15 times in an hour and well you're playing what you don't want on television so why are you doing that well because you know that it's titillating that it's provocative that the people that watch it are gonna you know tune in um even if they espouse to think that it's you know morally depraved they're still watching it they're still tuning in it's still eliciting an emotional response to it Absolutely. Yeah. And so I, I, I find that, you know, hilarious on that, that level (laughs) of, you know, they're using that for their gain, um, which, you know, I, I think is worse. You know, they, they talk about her using her sexuality and, in you know, should, she should be ashamed as a woman of using that to propel herself into, uh, you know, music career, but you're using the same image, the same performance, but, with that, you know, side of, oh, well, this is so horrible, but you're still using the same, same thing. So right. You're know, still trying just, to profit off of it anyways. 
Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Um, but, uh, you know, definitely caught, you know, the top performances, made sure that I saw those things because, um, you know, it, that's why. Now, I would enjoyed. you say that traps you in your bubble? Cause you went and sought out the performances you wanted to see. <laughs> Uh, yeah, but I mean, I think that that it, at this age, you know, now that I'm in my 40s, I only have so much time to be able to devote to watching certain things. I mean, I, I, you know, whether it be on my break, on my lunch, after work, you know, pre podcast, whatever, it we only have so much time. So I definitely am drawn to things that I know that I'm going to enjoy. Um, because my time is limited and there's so much good content right now. You know, there's so much on streaming services, um, you know, other podcasts, books, uh, comic books. There's so much right now that I'm sort of obsessed with that, uh, you know, I have to be very careful with what I'm devoting my time to, which is a good segue into mm-hmm. the four movie. Of of, <laughs> yeah. The four hours of time that, that some people will say they won't get back. I, I will say that Zack Snyder's justice league, in my opinion was amazing. I thought it was such an improvement from, you know, the original quote version that came out, mm-hmm. I guess that was directed by, uh, you know, Josh Whedon. I, I honestly can not even say what is, you know, what changed drastically because the first one was so, um, I, I didn't leave an impression on my, my memory that I can't really say like what was in the original, what was not, um, with the big exception of, um, cyborg, he is developed so much more in this, this, uh, Zack Snyder's version. Um, and for the betterment of the movie, I mean, you, um, really get to know what the character is about, what he's bringing to the table, and he plays such an important role um, in the plot that uh, I'm so glad that they they spent the time to really get to develop that character. Um, the special effects, you know, the the darker, grittier Zack Snyder um, sort of style, I appreciate. I love seeing a little bit more bloody fight scenes. Um, the the Amazon fight scene in the beginning of the film. Uh, it's just, it's amazing. I, I mean, it, it just, it's so badass and cool that, uh, it's worth watching. I mean, I don't, I know people are, are complaining it's four hours, but what else are you going to do during a pandemic? Like watch movies, listen to music, you know, and, um, the, it's just so good. There's, you know, as a, as I mentioned earlier, as a comic book fan, as a geek that grew up reading comic books and, and more importantly, looking at the images, uh, you know, these um, two page layouts of these great splash pages of, you know, Superman, you know, on the attack or Wonder Woman on the attack. And there are so many movie uh, moments of that in Zack Snyder's movie where, you know, it's in slow motion and you, it almost gives you chills because it's such a badass like scene of, you know, Wonder Woman, um, uh, defending herself or, you know, Batman kind of swinging through the air, flash rescuing, um, someone in slow motion. And, and it's those little moments in the movie, maybe not so little because they're, they're in slow motion and there, there's a lot of them, but <laughs> they're so cool. I mean, it's uh, the payoff for me as a comic book fan is so great because it's like seeing your superhero fantasy become a reality. Um, and the casting is so perfect and spot on. I mean, 
Uh, Gal Gadot is the perfect Wonder Woman. Henry Cavill, Ben Affleck. Um, the whole cast, I think, is just was perfectly cast. Um, you really get to see their um, character development in this a little bit more. They have so many cool surprises and epilogues. And, you know, I don't want to ruin it for anyone that hasn't seen it. That you Can know, you tell us? Can you tell us? Um, you told me briefly before, um, for people who might not know, uh, a little bit about Zack Snyder's story and how he came back from why he had to step away from the project to begin with. Yeah. So, you know, now, now that we, you know, we know more of the story of how, you know, how much pressure he was from the studios to, you know, take all this footage that he filmed, take this vision that he had of the justice league and edit it and, you know, slice it down into something that was easily digestible for, you know, the mass market audience and, you know, trim character development. Um, they wanted more humor in it. I think they saw the success of the Marvel films and saw that formula and thought, that's what we have to do. We have to follow that formula of, you know, um, Disney-fying the superheroes, you know, having it, you <laughs> know, <-fying> them. <laughs> having action sequences, but also having the, you know, the banter, having the jokes, the sarcasm, which I love. Like, I do like that in, in my movies as well, but um, that's not what his artistic vision was. And, um, you know, him and his wife, uh, Zack Snyder and his wife, you know, suffered um, by having their their daughter, um, I believe she passed away, um, committed suicide. And so he went back to to deal with that and his family and they and the studio ended up hiring Josh Whedon to go in and create something that was more in alignment with what they wanted as a product. And so. Okay. Here we have, you know, the original Justice League, which is a product that is the studio developed for, you know, what they thought the audience want, what was going to be the most profitable. And then now looking, you know, hindsight 2020, it wasn't successful. You know, fans hated it. Critics weren't, you know, saying that it was the best thing. Um, and now we get to see what Zack Snyder had envisioned. And it's so different. It's um, it. it it honestly, like, I don't get into that whole DC versus Marvel, you know. That's my next question. Yeah. Thing, but because I, I, I am such a fan of both. Like, I love any superhero movie. Anytime I can see my comic book, you know, fantasy, you know, come to life, and I see it in in on the big screen, I enjoy it. Even if it's not the best, even if it has some cheesy lines and it um, isn't you know, the best movie ever made, I still enjoy it as a fan. Like I still, you know, just seeing Wonder Woman standing, you know, on the skyline and you see her silhouette and it's, it's just amazing looking to see it. You know, I'm a visual person. So I appreciate all of those comic book moments in the film uh, of which Zack Snyder definitely uh, created. And there's a lot of those moments where we're given as a treat you know, seeing Aquaman standing in these huge waves, you know, splashing around him as he sort of becomes one with the ocean and, you know, Superman flying into the atmosphere and then the sun in front of him and his silhouette and his cape flying behind him. I mean, these are the images that you want as a comic book fan. You want to see Aquaman, Superman, Wonder Woman being themselves, being larger than life and, you know, 
you know, like gods, they're, they're, you know, uh, they're bigger than, uh, our reality. And I, I appreciate that. And I think that that's what Zack Snyder accomplished that he made that mythos of the justice league come to life. He made it gritty enough. He made it realistic enough, but it's fantasy. I mean, it, he made the superhero really shine in the movie. And I, I really appreciate that about, about the film. Okay. That, that, that's good. I'll go give it a shot to watch it. <laughs> yeah, you, you definitely you definitely have to watch it. Every anyone that's <laughs> listening that hasn't seen it, think about it. Four hours. You're not going out to a restaurant. You're not going to a bar right now. You have the time. <laughs> I'll tell you what. I, I fall uh, like you said. I fall in the Marvel side of the spectrum here. Okay. And this even goes back to my youth and the whole Marvel, like you said, Marvel versus DC, where DC to my eyes was always more gritty and Marvel was a little more, um, let's say vibrant colors yeah. and whatnot. Um, and when they started expanding the MCU and the DCEU, I always thought, okay, can I like them both? Mm-hmm. Or do I have to vie towards one or the other and watching them as they've tried to progress before Zack Snyder's film? Um, I always leaned MCU because I always thought DC they're trying but you know it just doesn't I don't have the same connection with them and their characters that I do with the MCU and now maybe that's just because growing up I liked Marvel better or it's just just the way that um oh Kevin Fahey is that his name yeah yeah and just really encompassed the and saw the bigger picture mm-hmm. he really saw it and saw this is what we're going to deliver and he and he did that and in Kevin, we trust, I guess. Um, yeah. But I am willing. I, Batman's one of my favorite characters. Mm-hmm. I just the whole anti-hero Dark Knight. So like Christopher Nolan's um, Batman trilogy is like my favorite. Mm-hmm. And I think um, Christian Bale's Batman will probably be always one that I compare everyone to. So mm-hmm. it's I know it's not the first, you know, Michael Keaton and whatnot. But it's I see him and I see the Batman that I think that I envision when I hear about Batman. Yeah. Not the perfect guy. He's he's not going to be the funniest in the room. He's he's there no nonsense just getting it done. And- yeah, well and I I think that the great things about superheroes is that they can take on so many different roles for people, mm-hmm. right? So, you know, for you, you say Christopher Nolan that version of, you know, the Dark Knight is when you know, that's your vision of Batman. For me, Batman started as a kid as Adam West and, sure. you know, Burt Ward. And you can't get any campier or, you know, cheesy <laughs> as, you know, doing the Bat-Watusi and, you know, dancing and, you know, the the comic graphics, you know, pumping on the screen, you know, bam, pop, all mm-hmm. of that, which mm-hmm. I loved as a kid. And then, but as, you know, you mature and then you see, okay, well, then Tim Burton has that sort of, you know, dark, whimsical, you know, gothic. Mm-hmm take on it which i love i mm-hmm. batman forever yeah batman forever with uh, michelle pfeiffer um and um penguin um i think is one of my favorite batman films because it had such a good marriage Wait, for that me. batman returns batman returns yeah batman yeah. forever that is was... probably my least favorite I, that's a huge mistake <laughs> that's with arnold <laughs> yeah right? that one is not as great so <laughs> batman returns having you know the dark gothic vibe but also having the silliness of you know they're wearing costumes they're 
it's a character named Catwoman. Like, mm-hmm. so it kind of has to be tongue in cheek, but it still had those cool visuals. It still had, you know, um, everything that, that I enjoy. So I think that that's, what's cool is that you can be a fan of MCU and you can have, you know, um, guardians of the galaxy, which is like more on the humorous side. And then you can kind of, ha- you can have Deadpool, which is, um, um, more of a, you know, adult sense of humor where mm-hmm. they're, you know, have some gags and some jokes that are, you know, more, um, on the adult side. And then, you know, now we can kind of come back to, you know, justice league and, um, right now, you know, the other hot topic or the, you know, the other, uh, superhero that's name that is on everyone's tongue right now is Falcon and the winter soldier on Disney plus. And, um, you know, how does that differ from, let's say the Zack Snyder universe, like it's going, you know, kind of pushing everyone's attention from the dark gritty again, now back to the MCU. Um, you said that you watched it. How, what were your thoughts Mm -hmm. about the Falcon? The Falcon and winter soldier I thought was, um, so Captain America Two winter soldier, where we first introduced to Sebastian Stan's character, um, more of a political crime thriller suspense type film not more so Mm -hmm. i i think more so than a superhero movie because if you take away the element of captain america being a super soldier it'd still be a great film as a suspense film yeah so the falcon and winter soldier with that in mind is playing along those lines i feel so i took it more as they don't really talk about the superhero side of it that much we get some action scenes with the Falcon at the very beginning. Um, and he's working with his ground crew. Um, the, I guess it's the U S military, um, mm-hmm. for some covert mission. But after that's done, it's really about the, the characters behind the mask. So it's really about how the Sam or the Falcon Sam has to deal with family life when he's not being the Falcon or it Mm -hmm. has to deal with um, Bucky having to deal with his past traumas of how he was a soldier all his life. And that's all he's ever done and having to try. And I'm sorry if I'm giving this away for anyone, try to make amends for some of his past grievances. Um, So we see them, we see Bucky going to a psychologist or a therapist to talk about his feelings. Now it's part of his conditional pardon, but it's still it's 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 the more humanistic side of it yeah so it's really i mean this is just episode one so we're not getting to see the superhero side of it yet but to me that was fascinating because it it really gives a three-dimensional view of these characters that Mm -hmm. they're not all just smash 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 they are well i gotta take care of my family we need to go get a loan to help cover the um some projects we need to fix up it's it's and that really spoke to me because he's like, hey, that's what I have to go through, too. Mm-hmm. Although, granted, I don't have a set of wings that can help me fly <laughs> or, a, or a metallic arm. But <laughs> I, I, have to, I have some traumas that I'm working through. I have some, you know, I need a loan to buy a car or whatnot. And it's, yeah. it's like, hey, I'm seeing that on the screen. And that's me. And that really spoke to me. I know I was reading online. People are already comparing it to WandaVision. And it's mm-hmm. like it's totally separate and it's great in its own way in that it speaks to, it speaks to everyday people who are going through the similar stuff that the characters are going through. Mm-hmm. So I thought it was really good. Yeah. And I, I think that it, it, it sets a tone, right? So it, the first episode lets us know this is 
where this story is going to go. This is this is thematically we're going to see, like you said, the man behind the mask, the guy that carries the Captain America shield uh, that <laughs> that wears that you know sort of that mantle. Uh, and I think that that is great. I mean, we saw some of that emotional development with WandaVision where, you know, again, someone who suffered a huge traumatic, you know, loss, um, mm-hmm. suffering, grieving, and yeah. grieving process and, and what that was like and how that developed into WandaVision. And, and um, we now will be able to see that in Falcon and, and Winter Soldier. Um, one of the things that I'm really excited about is that they introduce Joaquin Torres, who is um, one of the characters who um, it is hinted at, you know, with comic book mythology, that character eventually replaces the Falcon and becomes the new Falcon. Oh, and so okay. I didn't I'm that. excited about that because he's, uh, you know, he's a Latino character. And so here we have, you know, an African-American Captain America, possibly. We have the Falcon as an established superhero, which is great. Um, and then here we go, you know, that the the uh, promise or, you know, uh, the possibility that we might have another superhero in Joaquin Torres is amazing to me. Like, I'm so excited about that. Like, I, I went back and revisited some issues of um, Captain America, um, Sam Wilson, to kind of get a better idea of maybe some clues of how the story is going to work out. Um, But that's what I'm keeping my fingers crossed is that they will develop that character. And there's so much in the MCU that um, can be developed uh, and introduce so many cool characters that, that that's something that I I'm going to be hoping to see in the upcoming episodes of um, the Falcon and winter soldier is definitely the development of that new Falcon who will be the sidekick, hopefully uh, <laughs> Sam Wilson as captain America that, you know, that's what my hopes are from the series. That's cool. Um, real briefly. So you said you're happy because Joaquin Torres, um, Latino comic book character. Um, are there any other comic book characters you're looking forward to seeing possibly come to the screen that who are you would say, that, Oh, I can't wait. They should bring that person forward. Absolutely. So there's a lot of really exciting things that I think that are happening in comic books when it comes to people of color and when it comes to people being brought into uh, either the DC universe or the MCU. Um, It is no longer rumored. I believe that it is fact that they're going to be introducing America Chavez in the new Doctor Strange movie. Um, For those that don't know, America Chavez is uh, considered to be, uh, I mean, without going too much into her, her history, but she's considered to be, you know, one of the first Latina superheroes. She's um, part of the LGBT community. So there's a lot of, um, you know, cross section um, of cultures that is coming together within her character that I think is going to be really fascinating to see um, be introduced into the MCU. So I'm looking forward to that. Um, I'm really excited to see how Scarlet Witch develops in, you know, the Doctor Strange movie, because we obviously know that we haven't seen the last of her. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and and so I, I'm really excited to see these, you know, older characters like Iron Man, Captain America, retire, you know, great run, amazing films. But now let's move on to the different um, iterations of those characters, whether it be Sam Wilson as a new Captain America, introducing some younger Avengers like America Chavez, uh, and then you know, kind of finishing up the story arc for people like Thor. Mm-hmm. We're going to see um, the female version of Thor um, with 
with Jane in the movie, um, his his uh, girlfriend or love interest. Um, she, I believe, picks up the hammer and becomes oh, the new version of okay. Thor. So that's going to be exciting. Seeing another, you know, female superhero is a good thing. You know, like Captain Marvel. Seeing the way that uh, Monica Rambeau is going to be developed for Captain mm-hmm. Marvel is also exciting. Um, seeing that teaser in the end of WandaVision. I'm excited about that. Uh, so there's a lot, I think, that is happening right now in um, in that DC Universe, Marvel Universe, uh, that is exciting for me as someone who not only loves those you know, really strong icons in comic book lore like Superman, Wonder Woman, but also love new characters that have diversity, a diversity dimension, like being African-American or being Latino, being LGBT. Um, that's important because representation matters. You know, I want those little kids that happen to belong to those, you know, subcultures or communities to be able to see that same sort of uh, hero on the screen to know that, you know, they can be heroic in their own way that it's not just you know white superheroes that it is uh which you know which we have now that which we have gal gadot being you know a israeli jewish person um is is amazing that you know they're able she's able to to represent that to young girls um and to the jewish community is is a great thing so um, not only does she kick ass, but then she also gets to represent (laughs) you know a culture that that is pretty cool so um, that's what I'm excited about. Um, I so that that we this week or this past week I should say started listening to some new music. So um, one of the new albums that I'm listening to right now is the new Rob Zombie album, oh, okay. um, which is pretty cool. If you haven't heard it, I recommend it. Um, the reason why I like Rob Zombie, um, not only as a musician but also just as a person, I guess, is um, he has so many different cultural, you know, pop culture references. Um, so in his songs and in his music, you can hear, you know, the heavy metal, the rock sound, you hear um, electronic sampling, um, you hear sampling from, you know, classic horror movies. He loves to bring in that element into his music. And I'm a fan of that. I love, you know, being able to hear those references and seeing those references. And it, you know, it makes it entertaining. It's not just another rock song. It's a rock song. It's, it has a little bit more extra entertainment value for me. Um, what, what are you listening to, Danny? Uh well, um, first off, I never really have never really heard a Rob Zombie album. I just mainly know him more from his film making career. Um, yeah. but I should go back and listen to it just to hear the references. I mean, when I think of someone who does a lot of pop culture references, I always lean towards like Weird Al Yankovic <laughs> personally, because <laughs> that's yeah. just my um my upbringing. I guess I just I like the parody side of it a lot. Um. But I'm listening to um, this new singer. I don't want to say new, but new to me, I guess. Singer songwriter by the name of Lucy Dacus. Okay. And her songs are. I was going back through her catalog, and there, she does a really great job of storytelling her story, mm-hmm. and her what she's going through. And I, I guess that's the point of a singer songwriter is to tell those stories. But her, she has a new song that she released this month i think it was it's called thumbs so you listen to it and it's it's very ethereal very light but then the lyrics get really dark and it's like nice i like that so it's not just um all happy love story it's it's really a poignant telling of 
I guess either the moment of life that she's either going through or that she knows someone that went through something like that, but it's relatable to anyone who's been through like that. So I recommend if anyone goes, wants to go hear it, it's called thumbs. It's, it's pretty cool. (laughs) Yeah, definitely. We love a a singer songwriter moment, especially when it brings in those darker elements. um, And it, you know, speaks to a place that is not just on surface level um, that Mm -hmm. is able to explore deep emotions. Um, so I definitely have to check that. That's making my, my, uh, Apple playlist here. Um, <laughs> and, and I recommend, you know, I know you said you're, you haven't listened to old Rob zombie. I definitely recommend checking out some of his older stuff, um, especially the song Dragula, uh, big fan of his, his old stuff and, and his new stuff that just came out. So, and what about you? Anything else that has come into your, your, uh, you know, your viewing or listening? Um, well, I wouldn't, it's a little deeper than pop culture this week. It's, um, so new music, we went over movies, same. Um, but it's the news itself with like the mm-hmm. shootings in Atlanta. And I guess there was another shooting today in, in Den in Colorado that we don't know the details of that yet, but in Atlanta with the shootings, how they were targeting Asian women in those, um, salons and that really, it's it's just sad and it's very racist mm-hmm. and i think we have to stand up against stuff like that so i i thought it was important to find a nonprofit that's trying to battle that so i went and i looked in the web through the internet and i found one called hateisavirus.org so mm-hmm. i would recommend if you haven't had a chance to look at that it's started in 20 earlier in April of 2020 in response to the hate crimes against Asian American Pacific Islanders due to the pandemic. And they've already raised a lot of money and it's, they're getting their message out more. And one of the things that they say is how can, how can we take action? And one of their key steps is, you know, just making it a point to get the message out and get, start the conversation about it with our own stories and feelings and experiences and using hate as a virus as a hashtag. Of course, there's different um, charities you can donate to, to help give resources to people who are in, you know, you can actually donate mm-hmm. to them. They have a tax deductible donation. And it's just, it's just something that I think we need to take a look at that goes beyond just pop culture, but it, it's, all of us and Mm -hmm. it won't stop unless we all want it to stop. True. And I'm checking out their site now. Anyone that's listening, um, definitely check out hateisavirus.org. There's great tips for you to take action and to, to raise awareness, um, including um, like Danny mentioned, posting a selfie with uh, the hashtag um, hate is a virus. Um, and, you know, I, I, I love that. I love that, you know, we are now talking about something that is um, we've seen in pop culture for far too long with mm-hmm. racial stereotypes of Asian people. And that is the power of, of popular cultural and, and culture and media. And we have to try to eliminate those um, stereotypes from pop culture, you know, that the, uh, you know, dragon lady stereotypes, the, you know, there's a a lot that I, I, you know, I don't even really want to mention because we all know them. We know that they have existed in comedy, um, with making fun of people's accents, with making fun of people's physical, um, appearances and differences. And, um, 
it's time to end that. You know, unfortunately, you know, we don't want to see um, a tragedy like this happen so that mm-hmm. it is the beginning of change. But, uh, you know, hopefully this will be the beginning of the end of that type of anti-Asian um, sentiment that we've seen far too long in pop culture. Um, and so, you know, we definitely celebrate um, all the actors and actresses and musicians and um, people that, you know, sort of live in pop culture that are using their voice to raise awareness about the discrimination and prejudice that um, Asians see, you know, not only in the United States, but all over the world and um, what we can do to try to, to eliminate that and remove that. One other thing that I think that is really important with that situation is that uh, there's a lot of things that are in play with, with, you know, that terrorist act. Um, obviously the, the major one is, is, uh, you know, Asian hatred or prejudice and, and violence against Asians. But, um, it also has a lot to do with, with, um, sexuality and, and, um, gender, um, them being, you know, the, the majority of the victims being women and the terrorists committing femicide and also the villainization of sex workers. Um, you know, uh-huh. oftentimes Very Very we, true. you know, make fun of, you know, masseurs, um, massage parlors, and, you know, it, it falls on the women that work there, the, you know, the negative aspect, you know, sort of goes onto them and not the men that are going in to these parlors who are their, uh, clientele. Um, and, you know, sex work is, is what it is. It is sex work. They're getting paid to provide a service. Um, you know, I personally don't have any religious or moral, uh, objections to people that are within the sex industry. And I think that that's another thing that is uh, hopefully going to come out of this is uh, also bringing to light that people who are in the sex industry deserve the same rights, um, the same respect that everyone else in our society does. And uh, I, I like, you know, I'd like to kind of mention that too, because uh, it's something that we don't talk about in, you know, mainstream um, society is, is, you know, respecting people that make their living within the sex industry. And that's not to, to say that that's what these poor victims um, partook in, because we don't know if it was, you know, simple massage, or if it was more than that. Um, but it doesn't make a difference. It doesn't make a right. difference if there was, you know, any sort of uh, sex involved in it. Uh, what matters is that they were, you know, mothers, they were wives, they were daughters, they were sisters, and uh, they deserve to be alive. Um, if not that, you know, it had not that terrorist gone in and uh, destroyed their lives and impacted the lives of so many other people. So thank you so much for bringing up that that organization. Um, I definitely recommend other people checking it out. Um and um, I am going to post a selfie with that hashtag to try to bring some awareness um, to that issue. Um, outside of that, um, anything else that you wanted to mention this week, Danny? Um, not this week. I think uh, I think we covered what I wanted to. Um, looking forward to watching a few new movies next week. Um, Sound of Metal on Amazon Prime is on my checklist to watch. So is Nomadland, I think also on Amazon Prime. Um, uh, Hulu, I have a movie I want to watch, the um, United States versus Billy Holiday. That looks like it's Great a movie. very good movie. Um, and those are just a few movies that I'm 
looking forward to checking out. All right. Well, I think that we've come to the the end of this uh, first podcast of uh, Pop Cult X. I think that uh, this is a, a good place to to come to an ending. So, thank you so much to anyone out there who is listening to um, us ramble about pop culture topics. I definitely appreciate it. Absolutely. So. Um, Uh, Thank you so much for listening. Um, We'll be back next week with a slew of other topics that are trending, that are hot topics that um, really, um, really just kind of interest us in and what we're checking out. So please stay tuned. Um, Hit subscribe. Follow us. Subscribe. I'll drop all the social medias and the social media content in our description um, and a few other links. So yeah, hashtag popcorn. And we'll see you next week. Have a good week.